Welcome to Women Unfiltered, a podcast empowering women to step into their authentic selves every damn day. I'm Lynn Calloway, an entrepreneur, wife, mother, and a woman in tech. And I'm Brie Griebel, a rescue mom, health and wellness enthusiast, musician, and also a woman in tech. Join us on this journey as we navigate our friendship, identity, and differences and challenge you to do the same. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of a medical professional or other qualified health provider. Today, we will talk a little bit more about our health journeys. I'll go into like a recent experience that I went through. I know you had some um, some other things going on last week, and I know you talked about yes. wanting to, to share that. The past couple weeks, yes. So one thing just to kind of continue our health chat part two we'll have we'll have lots of parts but um one thing that i just wanted to share with the audience because i'm not sure if many women are doing routine breast exams but i can tell you right now if you don't you need to start not that you need to be like ocd over like stressing about about them or trying to find something but i'm just saying like once a month make sure you're you're doing these exams because you need to be your own health advocate and if you're not checking them and you're not going to the gynecologist like who is <laughs> so that's one thing where in January, I would say I would do like I don't have it on my calendar to do like a breast exam, you know, a self exam every month. It's just something like, you know, I'll kind of do it before getting in the shower or something, you know, just just something to be mindful of, especially like I am 30 years old. Um, and I do have endometriosis. I, di- I was diagnosed with that in 2017. And so just with that condition, not that that's related to breast cancer by any means, but I don't know, I just feel like it makes me think about my health <laughs> from the inside out a little bit more consistently. And so in January of this year, I was just feeling around <laughs> and came across a lump. And sometimes you can have more like lumpy tissue, just fibrous breast tissue. And that is something that when you do more research and like, let's say if you Google, like I found a lump in my breast, what does it mean? This is one of the things that will come up. They'll talk about (laughs) that you'll read about is like, it could be just like fibrous tissue. And so this felt different. It felt like truly just like a lump that I had never felt before. It was not in the other breast. And so I was a little concerned, but I was like, I'll just kind of keep an eye on it for a couple weeks and it wasn't going away. So I know sometimes um, around your cycle, it can cause things to be inflamed, especially if you have like little fibroids or something. Um, It can definitely cause inflammation around that time. I'm not sure if I was on my period at that time or not, but yes. So I just kind of watched it and then I scheduled an appointment with my gynecologist because I was like, this isn't going away. I haven't been to the gynecologist in a hot minute and my insurance is going to end soon because my contract is ending with that company. So I was like, I need to go get this checked out immediately. So I went to my gynecologist and she said, you know, it kind of feels like inflamed fibroids, but she's like, let's get you scheduled for a mammogram just because you are 30 and I'd rather be safe than sorry. 
you know? And so she referred me to a specialist. They reached out to schedule the mammogram and I was able to get the last Friday of February. And so Friday, February 26th, I was able to get in with the Breast Imaging Center. And it just was a very kind of surreal experience. I'd never gone to get a mammogram before. And I have heard, okay, this is one thing that I definitely want like clarify just with my experiences. I had always heard that mammograms are painful and like uncomfortable. So I've always been kind of scared of getting one. And so I went in, checked in, just filled out some paperwork, went into change. Basically, you remove everything from the waist up. And so did that put on like the gown top and then waited in the other waiting room that they have in the back to be called in to get the mammogram done. And so it's one of those things where you're like my whole life could change because you just don't know what is. Yeah, it sounds scary. It is. And and no one could come with me because of COVID. Mm, Yeah. So I was alone and in this new strange place and I was nervous. Just because, yeah, again, like I just didn't want it to be anything bad, obviously. Like n- no one does when they're they're going into these places. And so I went in and there's this machine. I don't know if it's different at different imaging centers, if there's like different types of x-rays or like machines that they use. But I was like, okay, my boobs are about to get smushed. Like, let's go. <laughs> so... Um, I just thought that it was going to be like this big metal machine with like plates that like smushed my boobs down. (laughs) That was not the case at all. I mean, it's a big machine, but it was like these plexiglass plates, I guess, if I had to say plates or sheets that the girl would then take your boob and like put it where it needed to be and then like adjust you and turn the machine. And that I think was the most awkward part. But then as the machine is like, she's like, okay, stay there. And she presses the button to like make the machine smush it. (laughs) And I thought it was going to be really painful. And maybe it depends on the size of Of your your boobs. It could, it could in your pain sensitivity for sure. But I don't know, I was like waiting for it to hurt and it didn't. It, it it felt like pressure, but it wasn't painful. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a not to cut you off, but I'm a really like I'm really sensitive in that area. Like when I do self exams, I get nauseous. Like I can't. Okay. Press. Yeah. So like this is giving me anxiety. Oh no! Well, I thought it was gonna help people. No. I thought I was gonna be like, oh, it doesn't hurt, but. <laughs> But yeah, I've always thought that the same thing, that they just kind of go in this little machine and just... Smushes it. No. I mean, yes, but no. And I feel like it was hard because I don't have a big chest. Yeah. And so I think to like get everything into the machine, I just had to like hold myself against it. (laughs) Just like a a lot more. But I don't know. I'm sure every woman's experience is different. Like you said, it could be more sensitive for some people. But But for me, in my experience, I was like, oh, that was it. So for me, it wasn't painful. I hope it doesn't sound tone deaf to folks who have had not great experiences with that. But for my experience, I was thankful that it wasn't more uncomfortable. And so after I got the imaging done on both, they did it on both breasts. I went back to the waiting room and just sat there and I was just like twiddling my thumbs because I was like, I don't know. (laughs) 
what nuts they're going to see because then the doctor has to look at the stuff and then they wanted to do an ultrasound too. So I'm waiting and then the girl came back out and she's like, actually, let's get some more pictures. And I was like, oh God, what are you seeing that makes you want more pictures? And so we go back in, just get some more angles of my left breast because that is where the lump is. And so that was where they just, they wanted to get some more imaging done there. So I did that, went back into the waiting room and then went to do the ultrasound. And this was the part that I think was the hardest for me because the ultrasound room, I've never gotten an ultrasound done. So I didn't really i just think of like the ultrasounds that you get done for when you're pregnant yeah yeah Yeah. and i was like i bet that's a nice experience (laughs) and this was like it was a dark room and i don't know if they were making it so the environment was supposed to be more like calming and comfortable kind of like getting a massage so the lights were down there was some like calming music on so i laid down on the bed that they have and i'm just kind of waiting and the lady comes in and asking me like where the lump is she marked with like a permanent marker on my breast. And then she went and checked like kind of everything with the ultrasound. And it was just an eerie experience for me. And I did start tearing up and I was like trying not to, but I was like, at that point, it's just a lot of emotions. Like, what are they seeing? What's going through their minds? I could see on the little monitor that there was like a lump in there, like an actual like lump. It wasn't just like tissue. And so I just didn't know what to think. And no one was saying anything because the doctor wasn't in there yet. So I'm just like laying there with people that I don't know that are just like checking out my boobs. And so I was like trying to mentally just like talk myself out of it, out of crying. I was like, you're fine. Like, it's going to be fine. And I like <laughs> had my eyes closed, but I could, it just like tears are coming down. And I was like, oh, okay, here they go. Then she was done. And I don't know if she could see them because it was like darker, but she left and then the doctor came in like a couple minutes later. And by that time I was like, okay, you're fine. Like wipe away the tears. You're good. You're good. It's all good. And doctor came in and she was like, so we think you're fine. I don't know if she said that exactly because I don't know if that would make me <laughs> like super comfortable hearing it in those terms. But <laughs> how she said it, I was like, okay. All right, like I, things are okay, but I need to look up the, I I think it's called a fibroadenoma, Um, fibroadenoma, which is, if you look this up on breastcancer.org slash fibroadenoma and fibroadenoma, it's fibro and then adenoma. Um, I didn't really know how to how to spell it or anything when I first heard of this. I'd never heard of it before. But it is um, a common type of benign breast tumor. So it is a tumor, but it is one thing where they want to do ultrasounds every six months to make sure that it isn't you know, growing or doing anything else, sometimes they can shrink. On Google, it does say that there are more than 200,000 US cases per year. So that is something where like it's common, but I mean, 200,000, it is a lot of people, but it's also not a lot of people. So I don't know anyone else who's had this or like said that this was specifically what they had before. I don't know any of my friends that have had something like this. I don't hear a lot of people talking about just like lumps that they find in their breasts. Did the doctor tell you the fact that you ha- have endometriosis? Is that the risk no, factor? Like, is um, that what no, we didn't it, talk or? about that at all. 
She said that these can just happen in younger women. They can just come up and that they aren't that uncommon. What makes them think? Because they didn't do a biopsy. So she said that they could. And she's like, if you get spooked or you you feel like you want to do a biopsy just to be sure that they can, I have not opted to just yet. I am a little bit scared of a biopsy. I don't really know what that entails and that kind of scares me. I haven't looked into it, but maybe I should. But she was pretty sure, which it's crazy when you think about something that could take your life or not. Like with breast cancer, I'm like, oh, well, I'd rather be safe than sorry and get a biopsy. Like, why not? How she explained it was it's a very like circular shape and it has blood flow going through it. And so it's not something where she was concerned. Like it didn't seem like it had necessarily gotten much bigger in the time that I had discovered it in early January between February. Well, I take that back. It did, but I was also losing weight. So it could have just in in that like reference I guess felt bigger but not necessarily been bigger it just maybe some of the breast like the fatty breast tissue like I because of losing weight could have gone away and exposed it a little bit more so that is one thing where it just could have stayed the same size and I could have had it for a lot longer I just didn't really know that it was there so you were able to fill it when Mm -hmm. you did like a self-exam is that what yeah it just kind of felt feels I still have it um just like a little marble <laughs> in there. Mm. Or like, uh, I know it's weird. I'm just like, <laughs> like it's, it's right, like right here. It just like a little, or a blueberry, like a little blueberry that's in my boob. Um, but yeah, it's it's smooth. Um, it is firm. It is something, yeah, they were able to see it on the scan. I don't know what makes them determine that it is that, what they can see in the imaging or in the ultrasound that, because I don't know what a cancerous mass would look like instead. I could look it up and just see maybe what those differences are. But that being said, I do feel comfortable with the doctor's diagnosis of it. That being said, I am also aware that like, yes, every six months, like I should go in, get the ultrasound done again so that they can compare if there is any growth and choose to do a biopsy at that point. Also that I can choose to do a biopsy at any point between now and then. It's not something that I have to get just now and not later. So I can still do that. Overall, health is good. There's nothing glaring there in terms of just feeling off. So yes, definitely do those self exams because you're going to be the one to catch something and start getting those mammograms done as soon as you can. A mammogram isn't always going to find everything. And there's there's definitely concerns around obviously like radiation, but that is something that I would say be your own advocate. Do those self exams I don't have, like, my family doesn't have a history of breast cancer, but for, I know there were some statistics around here. I have one from breastcancer.org that says about 85% of breast cancers occur in women who have no family history of breast cancer. So I think that is kind of a misconception that, oh, like, if I find a lump and my family, you know, doesn't have breast cancer, I'm not going to take it too seriously. Like always get it checked out. Better to be safe than be sorry. And just do those self-exams because you could save your life. Um, It's better to catch something earlier. Um, Men, 
also something to be mindful of. Men can get breast cancer. It's obviously not as common, but it is still something that you should do a self-check too. <laughs> like it doesn't hurt to do it. So yes, be your own advocate, get those self-checks done. It was a scary, like a scary process. And just kind of looking at these U.S. breast cancer statistics, it says about one in eight U.S. women, about 13%, will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. One in eight. I know more than eight people. And that's like, what? Why? Why is this so prevalent i mean there's so many you know obviously we're, we're no experts but there's so many different externalities i right. mean you you mentioned you know being hereditary and then not all women who have it have had women in their family mm-hmm. have it and i think a lot of that has to do with because there are other things that can cause it yeah <laughs> you know you have the environment you have you know so many different you know environmental factors water air i mean yep. even the products that we use Um, on our skin and our body are known endocrine disruptors, meaning they disrupt Mm -hmm. the endocrine system. And, you know, right near the breasts and up under the arms, what do you have there? You have a bunch of lymph nodes there, right? And your lymph nodes really pump all those things through your body in terms of blood and things like that. And so, you know, it's just so close to your breast area. You know, there's no wonder so many women are suffering from, you know, breast cancers and all these different things when they're using aluminum-based deodorants mm-hmm. and products and things like that. I mean, there's a bunch of research behind that that suggests that there might be a link between the two. But yeah, there's just so many different things, you know, and we you can't live in a bubble. Right. So you can only do what you can uh, as far as eating clean food and organic food and meat. And some people have completely eliminated meat out of their diet, you know. So obviously whatever works for you and always seek a medical professional on these things. But yeah, it's just, it's not a one size fits all sort of situation when it comes to cancer. It's just a very unfortunate thing. So yeah. And for men, for comparison versus um, the one in eight for women will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. For men, a man's lifetime risk of breast cancer is about one in 833. So about 2,650 new cases of invasive breast cancer are expected to be diagnosed in men in 2021. So it's a thing. It's still a thing. And again, it was one of those things where I went to the gynecologist. I told my gynecologist about this. And so she was going to check it out. But she went over the spot and didn't say anything. And I had to then and I told her exactly like where it was and like which breast it was in where it was. And I think because this goes back to what we were talking about with Dr. Calloway, it's like a volume thing. There's just not the level of care that there was before. They're missing things. And this was something where if I had not done my own breast exam and the doctor was like, there's so many things going on in their mind, just kind of like rushing through each patient, trying to get to the next one, listening. Yes, I felt like I was being listened to, but she just kind of like quickly went over my chest and then was moving on to the next thing and didn't feel it at all. And until I told her, hey, actually, did you feel it? And so she's like, oh, shoot. And so she went back over the spot and she's like, actually, yeah. And so she compared it to the other one. But it's like, if I wouldn't have Yeah, advocated for yourself. Yes. I was like, if I didn't know it was there, she would have just like gone over it, gone on to the next thing. I mean, I don't want to put the blame on her, 
But it is that like their work is driven by the insurance industry and they have to get like a certain number of clients in the door and out the door every day in order to be, I don't know, successful or profitable. And I think that, you know, I could have just caught her on an off day too, but we're all human and and these things happen, like mistakes happen. No one can be perfect. So that's why you have to truly, truly be your own advocate, like educate yourself and check and make sure that you can get a doctor that can advocate for you. So it's like, once I had her go over it, she's like, yes, like, let's get it checked out. But again, if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have checked, and I would have just done my normal routine screening, you never know. And I also, I I also want to acknowledge um, that a lot of women out there might even just feel intimidated by questioning like a medical professional or like reset advocating for yourself because it it might be perceived that like you're going against what the doctor is saying or what have you but yeah i would i would definitely continue that thought you know in terms of advocating for yourself i know personally when i was pregnant with kohan we were actually in the process of moving to new jersey so i was kind of in between doctors i was going from this one doctor to a doctor in new jersey just because i I like just the the hospital and this the health system in general uh, at the hospital that I had Kohan at because like they had the hospital and then they had the doctors that you can go see at, at their own facility, but they were all associated with this one hospital that I really, really wanted to have him at. And so I was in between doctors is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, anyway, the one doctor whose office I was actually leaving transitioning from, I actually had an issue with the front desk. Um, so it's not really related to the doctor specifically, but this is just an example that I'm giving. And so I was letting her know that my husband was coming to, and I think I've told this story before, but I was letting her know that my husband was coming to get my medical records. And when he went up there to get the medical records, she made a comment to him about not wanting to give him my records. And then when I called him and I'm like, he's on my paperwork, why, why won't you just give him the stuff? And she's like, Oh, I just want to make sure that this wasn't some old homeboy. And that put me in a weird spot, right? Because clearly that's racially charged, right? Yeah. And if I didn't have anywhere else to go, imagine me having to stick with that, right? And and not really being able to feel empowered enough to say, hey, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. So whether it's something that's racially charged, whether it's something that's sexually charged, I mean, you get complaints all the time about male doctors, you know, not making women feel comfortable. I believe what was it, Andrew Yang? His wife came out not long ago about being sexually assaulted by a physician, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so women have these stories. So like whatever the situation may be where you're not comfortable, whether it's something that's, like I said, related to those different protected class or just in Bree's case, you completely skipped over this lump on my boob, right? Yeah. That we've already talked about. Like, get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, there are other doctors, right? Yeah. There are better doctors that, um, I mean, we just had one on the show last week that they pride themselves on having really, really good bedside manner. So I would definitely push our listeners. Yeah. Like, if you're in that situation where you just don't feel right, and, and ladies, you know, right? You have that that intuition, that gut feeling that this I just don't feel right. You know, advocate for yourself, get out of that situation or just ask questions. You know, it might not be something so egregious that requires you to leave the practice, but um, just feel empowered to have a voice and say, I would like a second opinion or pushing back on the, on the doctor in general. And that's completely okay. Yeah. And the thing I like 
about my gynecologist. She is very open to you asking questions. So we spent some time definitely talking about that. I think it was just like, they're kind of in this, I mean, there's a lot of patients that they see in a day and they're kind of rushing through the motions of it, but it can impact someone's life. And so. And there's sometimes, I mean, just to say it, Sometimes they're shitty doctors. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're shitty people in every profession. Yeah. So, totally. you know, so sometimes you just come across a bad apple. It's just not a good practice and that's okay. But like, yeah, you have to know when to take yourself out of that equation because it could be a, a matter of like life and death for you. Right. Yeah. You know, since you had touched on that in the black community, there is a statistic here with breast cancer it says in women under 45, Breast cancer is more common in black women than white women. Overall, black women are more likely to die of breast cancer. And then for Asian, Hispanic, and Native American women, the risk of developing and dying from breast cancer is lower. Ashkenazi Jewish women have a higher risk of breast cancer because of a higher rate of BRCA mutations, mm. which I know is um, the BRCA gene. Yeah. And so especially women of color um, in the black community, I think it's like echoing what you said. It really boils down to a lack of care, right? A lack of good yep. health care. Oh, yeah. Good quality left health care. So imagine, right, you as someone, you know, a, a Caucasian woman with right. pretty good health care, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going into the doctor's office and having these experience, imagine someone from a marginalized group in an area where, an impoverished area where they don't have access to really good health care, like what, they what they're going through. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. It, it, like it, education ar around doing these breast exams or yeah, those resources to yes. be able to get checked out. Okay, maybe they feel something in their, their chest, but they're like, oh, well, I don't have someone to even go to to get it checked out. Exactly. Like I'm grateful that I do in the first place or know where to find them have, have those resources in some way, shape or form. But it's something that you take for granted if you've had it. For your whole life versus folks that may not yeah. have that access or again just very poor like the access they do have is so different so yes be your own advocate because it's it's so important but the industry i mean the more i dive into it and like learn about these experiences that other folks have it's like other things have to change to help women especially those that are even more at risk like why is that a statistic? Why is that a statistic that more black women are likely to die of breast cancer? Yeah. Is it because the type of cancer or is it because the access to care and that there yeah. is less of it? That's the big problem. And I'm, I'm sure there are absolutely organizations and something that we can research and share some more information on in terms of like maybe some of those organizations that are doing something about it. So we can share that in the show notes. But yes, do those self-examinations and, you know, take it one step at a time. It is a stressful process. It's like kind of one of the only things I could think about leading up to getting the mammogram done. And so ladies and men out there, check your boobs. <laughs> sure. Um so that is, I just wanted to go through that experience because it is so important. And I haven't had these open conversations with any other girlfriends. Yeah. And so like, talk to your friends about it. Talk to, sure. 
talk to people about it. The more awareness that there is around something like this, the more it can save lives potentially. So let's not make this a taboo topic to discuss. It should be something that is open and even discussing with male counterparts. It's important for them to be informed too. You know, Um, I know in college there was a girl with her now husband, but then boyfriend um, who they were (laughs) that he felt a lump in her breast. And she ended up getting a biopsy done and got it removed. Um, I'm not sure if it went any further than that, but it was interesting that he was the one to find it and help her kind of go through that process. But yes, I think men and women and like everyone can really help with this. Breast cancer became the most common cancer globally as of 2021. It's no joke. So. yeah, definitely have to be mindful, be be checking yourselves and, or, you know, reach out to someone if you don't have access to care. Um, I know there are a lot of resources online. We are not experts on this topic, but just wanted to share my experience with you all. And I hope throughout this discussion, you have been able to check your boobs at least once um, <laughs> and, or twice or three times and look up how to properly do a, a self-exam because it's not as simple as just like kind of feeling around. There are definitely different areas kind of going up into your um, like armpit to, to check for lumps because they can be formed outside of just your typical <laughs> uh, breast area. So. I think that's it from me. We can definitely dive more into the endometriosis story. And I know with Hashimoto's, those kind of, there are different symptoms that you and I have both experienced because of those conditions where I think our audience, um, if you have questions on those topics or just, you know, talking points that you may want us to bring up, I'm sure Lynn and I would be more than happy to share our experiences there. We can do another health episode. And yeah. There's so much more I could talk about in terms of health. (laughs) So we'll put a pin in it now. I just wanted everyone to be mindful of that experience, that discussion, and bringing more awareness to that topic because something that I really haven't talked about with many people. And if anyone has any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. We're all here for each other. So anything from your end though, Lynn? Nope, I think... I think that's it. I think you summed it up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, allies, thank you all for joining us for another episode of Women Unfiltered. Until next time, remember to be true to your authentic selves every damn day. Thank you for tuning into the Women Unfiltered podcast. Follow us on Instagram at women.unfiltered and stay up to date with new episodes and show notes at womenunfiltered.wtf. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast with a friend. As always, our views and opinions expressed are our own and solely for informational and entertainment purposes and do not express those of our employers.